0: Hello, what is up, my friends, and welcome back to another Christmas episode of Myths and Magic. I'm your host, Lacey, and today we are unwrapping yet again the diverse and enchanting mythologies and characters surrounding Christmas and the winter season from around the world. If you are new here, hi. Uh, this is part two of our last week's episode, which is all about Christmas mythology. I'm so excited to dive into today's characters because they are a little more sinister, but also a little more wholesome. I'm, I'm just really excited. Um, but before we dive in, let me go ahead and give a big shout out to my Patreon supporters, Lugo and Audrey. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, and a quick shout out to all the people who are listening. I see you in my analytics. Hi. <laughs> it makes me so happy to see my analytics just constantly increase with just viewership and audience members. Um I think it's super awesome. And if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend who enjoys mythology. Um, If you want to support the show, you can head on over to Patreon where I have some fun little things that I'm doing. There's exclusive podcast episodes over there. There's a merch tier um, if you are interested in supporting the show through merch. It's a quarterly loyalty program, essentially, where every three months you get a piece of merch that's designed by me through patreon which is super awesome in the future i would love to do merch options for anyone who is interested but as of right now it's not something that's necessarily feasible for me so if you do want merch and you want to support the show that is a great way to do so other than that if you want to leave a rating or review that's super cool too it helps to let me know that you're enjoying the show but let's go ahead and dive into the folklore, shall we? Okay, so fun fact about me, my last name comes from Wales. So my, my lineage, my ancestry, my my history is very much Welsh. Um, I found a Welsh Christmas tradition called Marylewood. I've never heard of this before, have you? First of all, it's scary. It's a terrifying looking thing. Um, It's a horse skeleton uh, decorated with ribbons on the head. And it's held up by a stick. Like it's a horse skull held up on a stick with ribbons coming down from its head as if it's the mane. And there's a sheet attached to it. And there's someone that stands underneath Maybe it's two people underneath this horse head. And they walk around the village from house to house. And they uh, <laughs> they do this ritual of rude rhymes with the homeowner um, called Ponko. Ponko? I think I'm pronouncing that correct. If you are the owner, you have to come up with rhymes. If you run out of rhymes, then the horse gets to come in and have a meal with you or drink all of your beer and eat your sweets or something like that. But it's supposed to be this fun little banter thing. But here's the catch. Everything has to be done in Welsh. You know, that language. (laughs) Everything has to be done in Welsh. Um, So over the years, people are finding that this tradition is actually kind of disappearing. Which, I mean, I guess I get it because English is a very um, prominent language in that area of the world, especially. But yeah, so that was a really interesting, um, really interesting tradition that I stumbled upon. It's kind of cute. Like it's definitely a communal thing. So like having the community all, uh, joining into this tradition sounds fun. It sounds like, I don't know, it's kind of cute. also like terrifying why are you walking around what is the point of of the horse skull that's the terrifying part next we're gonna talk about another scary thing called Hans trap have you heard of this I have not but apparently it's the Christmas cannibal did you know that we have a Christmas cannibal um (laughs) This kind of started in the Middle Ages, where a man disguises himself as a scarecrow to lure unsuspecting children. So the legend goes that there was a wealthy man who was obsessed with Satanists and the occult, uh, and many believe that he obtained his riches through demonic pacts, and witchcraft. And the word spread about his practices to the Catholic Church, and he was excommunicated and all of his possessions and property were seized. <laughs> and then he was banished to the woods of Germany. Um he was in isolation for a really long time, and you know what isolation does to all of us? It makes us crazy. Uh so apparently the idea of eating human flesh plagued his mind like he couldn't get his mind off of it and he decided to take his hatred of the church out on children. So on Christmas Eve there was a little boy who was walking through the woods and without realizing it he was being stalked by the scarecrow. Um apparently Hans filled his shirt, his own shirt up with straw to disguise himself because you know <laughs> Like, what? Anyway, um, he leapt from the darkness and plunged a stake into the little boy. He brought the little boy back to his home to roast over the fire. And just before he was about to take his first bite, guess what happened? God struck him with lightning. (laughs) Uh, So this was definitely a legend that kept children safe like you don't want to get eaten by a scarecrow like that sounds like some childish scary folklore right (laughs) children were warned to behave lest they be taken into the darkness by the scarecrow um and then of course because of the timing of this legend uh hans became a companion to santa claus to punish misbehaved children So this legend is actually based on a real person in the 15th century, um, which I find really fascinating. But um, his original name was Hans von Trotha and he was born in 1480 and died in 1503. And he was a knight who was entrusted by two castles. But then someone in the monastery had a problem and said that one of the castles was actually given to Hans illegally. Which of course led to a dispute because you're like, hey, these are my two castles. And someone's like, no, someone gave that to you illegally. There's gonna be a little bit of pushback, right? (laughs) Uh, So it reached a head when Hans Hans built a dam that took away their water supply. (laughs) He said, I have the higher ground literally and metaphorically. (laughs) Of course the monastery complained, but they complained so much for it to be torn down that it resulted in a flood so devastating that the Pope got involved and had Hans excommunicated from the church. Are you joking? Are you joking? And of course this left a bad impression on the people of the area. Like if you get excommunicated, especially by the So, of course, people made up stories about this man, this poor man, Hans von Trotha, is now a cannibalistic scarecrow that comes out on on Christmas Eve to take bad children to his forest home and roast them over the fire. That's so sad. Anyway, the Middle Ages was such a dark time. Um, We're going to talk about the tiny mischievous goblins, typically found in Greece, Bulgaria, Turkey, Serbia, Albania, Bosnia, and Cyprus. Do you know who they are? They're the Calicanceroi. Calicanceroi. Yeah. Uh, They dwell underground and come to the surface during the 12 days of Christmas, December 25th through January 6th, to wreak havoc on mankind. They're said to live under Earth's crust sawing at the tree of life that holds up our planet in the hopes of destroying it. So during the holidays, they come to the surface to steal our sweets, apparently. That's what lures them out. They say, oh my god, I cannot resist a Swiss roll right now. There is a bit of Christianity that weaves into this telling. So on January 6th, which is the Epiphany, which commemorates both the day that the Magi visited Jesus, acknowledging that he was the Son of God, and the day that Jesus was later baptized, the Kali Canceroi are forced off the planet and return back down to the base of the Tree of Life to see that it has been healed. So the Tree of Life has this magical um, healing power, so they are down there for what? 349 days or something, I'm really bad at math, (laughs) Um, sawing at this tree in the hopes of having the earth come down crashing, um, they go up to the surface to come steal our sweets, and by the time that they return, the tree has healed itself, so they have to start their work all over again. The really funny part about this, you're thinking in your mind, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how do I keep the Cali Canceroy from coming into my house and stealing all my cookies? Um, well, let me tell you, they're really dumb. They can't count past two. So apparently if you leave a colander or a strainer or whatever you want to call it uh, outside your door... They will sit and count the holes, but they can't count past two, so they just count one, two all night. So uh, that's a really good way to keep them from from coming into your house, apparently. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Nisser, which are mythical creatures from Nordic folklore. Um, think about a garden gnome. That's exactly what they look like. <laughs> Uh, they're typically associated with the winter solstice, and they look after animals, the home, and the people that treat them well. So if you leave out a bowl of porridge, they will usually like help you with household tasks or just be very benevolent creatures in the home. If you do not leave them a bowl of porridge or you mistreat them, they will become mischievous. Your house? Destroyed. Your animals? dead your life drained (laughs) yeah so don't piss off the little garden gnomes now we're going to talk about frau Perchta, and let me tell you she's scary however i've seen a lot of stories too talking about how she's a benevolent creature so i really don't know but most of the stories did say that she was malevolent so we're going to go with that She's a gruesome old witch who gave out brutal punishments to children who misbehaved during the 12 days of Christmas. She's a malevolent pagan goddess who stalks the snowy landscape by night during the 12 days of Christmas. Similar to Italy's Christmas witch, La Bafana, which, if you don't know who that is, um, in part one, I discuss her. She's super cute. Uh, She is also associated with the Feast of the Epiphany on the 6th of January. Perchta's aim is simple and chilling it's to ensure local customs are upheld under the pain of death. In bygone times, this meant no weaving. During the holidays, unless you dared to incur Perchta's wrath. And what a wrath she had. People believed that Perchta could enter their homes while they were sleeping. If she found the inhabitants had not behaved during the year, Perchta ripped open their stomachs and disemboweled them, stuffing their cavity with straw, rocks, and other rubbish. She then stitched them up before moving on to her next victim. Perchta was particularly intolerant of unruly children and liked to bring a posse of zombie-like helpers with her on her rampages. So, if you don't want Perchta to come and disembowel you, you better stop working during those 12 days of Christmas. You hear her? You better stop working. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Belsnickel. Uh, The first time that I've ever heard of belsnickel was from The Office when Dwight dressed up as belsnickel. <laughs> Um, He doesn't accompany St. Nicholas like other folk tales but instead goes alone with both the frightening and cheerful aspects of the characters. So he is both Krampus and St. Nick. He is the duality of the Christmas spirit. Um, he is usually dressed in furs and looks very ragged. He carries a switch to beat misbehaved children, and then he po- he has pockets filled with cakes for the good children. Okay, and then the last one that we're gonna talk about today is called Alencero, which is a Basque folk tale um, about a man coming to town on the 24th of December to drop off presents for children. Um, I kind of just want to give you my own summarized version of this story because it is literally one of the most wholesome stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, So the legend goes that a fairy stumbled upon a human baby in the woods and brought the baby to a couple who also lived in those woods. The couple was thrilled that there was a baby at their doorstep. They named the child Elencero and took him in as their own. And as he grew up, he just exuded this wholesome humbleness about him. His parents were very proud of him, and he helped to take care of the home and his parents, and once they eventually died from old age, he began feeling sad because he had no one else to take care of. He wasn't, I mean, I mean, ultimately, the The whole purpose of living is to connect with others. So I definitely understand going through this weird period of isolation and not having anyone to take care of can kind of make you incredibly depressed. So he decided to start making wooden toys for the orphans of the village, which is so sweet. He made so many toys, filled them up in a sack and took a donkey into town to disperse the toys. Then there was a day where he was walking home and he saw a house get struck by lightning. The house caught fire and he ran to see if he could help anyone and he sees these children hanging out of the window upstairs yelling for help. So he goes up, covers them in a blanket to get them out of the house safely. And before he was actually able to get himself out after rescuing these children, a large beam from the ceiling fell onto him. And during these moments of his own death, uh, the fairies came to him and said that we want you to continue to live on because you've proven yourself to be such a wholesome and humble man. We want you to continue spreading Christmas cheer by making these toys for the little boys and girls and we will help you. So it's just a really cute retelling of uh santa claus and his elves so i just thought it was like a cute little lighthearted note to leave on especially when we had such heavy um sinister characters this episode so as we wrap up this festive episode of christmas mythology i want to remind you that this time of year is a time for reflection for gratitude and for embracing the magic that resides in the simple acts of kindness and love. As you go about your holiday festivities, may the spirit of Christmas mythology continue to inspire you and fill your days with joy that comes from sharing moments with loved ones. From me over here at Myths and Magic, I wish you a truly magical and Merry Christmas. So until next time, stay curious, stay festive, and keep the spirit of these timeless tales alive in your hearts because if not, then Perchta might come get you. Happy holidays, everyone.